welcome to Radio Plasma, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas, conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. I'm your producer and host, Johan Vega, and we are celebrating the National Hispanic Heritage Month And this is another special edition to keep talking about interconnections and culture and fun when we have this blending of lifestyles and customs and tradition, ways to talk, ways to do things, ways to see life. Today we're doing a beautiful connection, Boston Holyoke, and I want to welcome Paloma Valenzuela. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Paloma, this is such an exciting time to have you here. And I would like for all, all of our audience to know who you are and what is the project that you are doing. For some people, they already might be familiar with the name of one of your projects, the Pineapple Diaries. That would be so cool if there were. <laughs> <laughs> to know that there were, that'd be awesome. So let's start with that. Tell sure. us about you. Um, well, as you said, my name is Paloma Valenzuela. Um, I'm a writer and a director. My main writing avenue is creative writing, dramatic writing. Um, I write screenplays and um, I write stage plays. And my biggest project, I'd say, to date has been my comedic web series called The Pineapple Diaries. It is a sitcom web series with some monologue interludes, so it's it's got its own little style to it. And we have two seasons, and it's Boston-based. It's tells the story of four best friends, um, Dominican-Americans, Latinas, living in Boston in their... Well, in the point of the two seasons you see, they're in their late 20s. But at this point, they'd probably be around um, in their early 30s, <laughs> uh, you know, my age. So, uh, so yeah, just basically, it's just showcasing their life going through just regular life stuff for uh, women in their late 20s, relationships, trying to hold on to your friendships, all the while trying to adult and manage your life and um, get that rent paid and have a job, but also, you know, follow your dreams and your career. It's like that point in your life where you're in between and you want, you know, you know, you're young enough to keep going, although no one is ever too old to keep going and follow their dreams. But I think definitely at 30, you start realizing that, <laughs> that you're never too old to follow your dreams. And that's what these these women are, are sort of learning. And that's what we're we're watching them in the process of developing and, you know, becoming that the, the women that they are, <laughs> basically. You mentioned that uh, the, the four characters in the Pineapple Diaries are uh, Dominican-American. Yes, for the most part. There's a Puerto Rican-American in there. <laughs> well, Puerto Rican. <laughs> and... Um, Yes, there's a, there's there's a mixture, but they're mostly Dominican American. Yes, and the reason I'm asking is because this, in a way, represents the reality of the place of the story, and also in a, in a way, the reality of the Boston area where the pineapple that is generates. Mm -hmm. Being that true, it is interesting to see how being in different locations, just in Massachusetts, you can find similar situations, similar scenarios, possibly similar stories that can connect with real life with many, many folks. Mm -hmm. When you visit Holyoke, where half 
of the population of 40,000 in this city is identified as Latino, and the majority of this Latino community is Puerto Rican. What are the similarities that you see? Well, I have yet to really uh, explore Holyoke to the capacity that I would like to, but I, I have explored other towns in Massachusetts that are also majority Latino, um, majority Dominican or Puerto Rican. And I think that, you know, that is that is what connects us. Our communities connect us. And I think that's the beautiful thing about kind of being a part of the Latino, Latinx community is is that we have our similarities and we celebrate in our differences and we do be we do feel like family. And so I feel like within those pocketed communities of Latinos in Holyoke and those pocketed communities of Latinos in Boston, if we ever were to visit each other's neighborhoods, we would feel at home for sure. And I feel like even just walking around as much as I have um, this morning, I do feel like it feels like my uh, many different neighborhoods in Boston. It feels like my neighborhood in Boston. I'm sure there's more, but I've seen even just murals around. And I just think that that's such a, uh, such a part of our community in our neighborhoods to put up these colorful murals because we want that splash of color in, in our neighborhoods where we live. And that's a similarity that I've already seen just in my short time here this morning. But yeah, I think that we share in our communities no matter where we are, no matter what part of the state we are or what part of the country we are in. If I go to Los Angeles and I visit a, a community where a majority of Latinos live, I will feel at home when I walk into a, you know, a bodega or just hear Spanish around me. And, and I just, I think that's such a beautiful thing. What a blessing it is that we can share with each other in so many different things and celebrate our differences as well, being from different countries or different cities or different neighborhoods. So I would think that that's, that's definitely a similarity between us. <laughs> How your identity as Latina drove you to create the Pineapple Diaries? I think I just felt like there was a need for it at the time for me. Um, I started writing it in 2014, and I felt like, for whatever reason, I felt like I had this urge to tell uh, my story, the stories of my group of girlfriends. I think that I'm not sure, now I'm not remembering. <laughs> the years go by so fast and yet they feel so far away. Um, you know, I feel like I was watching, you know, I like these shows like Girls and Sex in the City. And this was before Insecure came out, um, a show which I love. But at the time, um, sh the creator of uh, Insecure had a web series called The Misadventures of an Awkward Black Girl. And I felt incredibly inspired by her being able to tell her story, her relatable story with a majority cast of people of color. And that's what I've always, that's what I've always felt was possible. And it, it wasn't that it never existed, it's that perhaps, they, you know, Hollywood just wasn't greenlighting it. They were greenlighting Seinfeld and Friends and, you know, these relatable stories of white people. And to me, you know, those relatable, silly little stories, those silly little situational comedic things that happen in Seinfeld, like forgetting where you parked your car in a mall parking lot, that happens to people of color too. It happens to us. You know, we don't always need to fulfill these stereotypes. And that's not to say that we don't have the stories that need to be told. For instance, if you want to tell a story about you know, uh, narcos or, you know, is issues of immigration, these things are happening. And I'm not saying these things aren't happening, but for variety's sake, you know, just 
for equality's sake, you know, we should all be able to tell our stories and the door should be just opened wider for all of our stories so that, you know, you can see a larger spectrum of stories coming from Latinos, coming from um, communities of people of color the same way that you see a large spectrum of stories coming from, you know, white voices and, and Caucasian, <laughs> you know what I mean? So to me, that that was the need. I just felt like, you know, why can't a group of Dominican women tell the story of getting their car, losing their car in a parking lot done? So simple, because it happens to us. And we're so multifaceted. We're complicated. We're three-dimensional. We're complex. And, you know, what better way to show that to the world than have us be protagonists of a sitcom? So basically, I just, I'm already a writer, so I was like, if anyone's going to do this right now, it'll be me at least in my small little way. And um, that was why I created the show, because I really felt like I just wanted to see something that felt like it reflected the truth of my group of girlfriends and my stories and their stories and my family stories. You know what I mean? So that was really why. I wanted to do it. <laughs> and another thing that is so beautiful to appreciate is to see the day-to-day -day activities that many Latino families experience here in the United States. Thinking, for example, about that episode about the brunch, <laughs> making mango, beautiful, and, and it's just seeing the step-by-step. -step. It's almost like seeing the recipe to do mango. <laughs> Well, that's so funny because we had to buy that mango and we, we just made her look like we had no time to like actually boil the platanos. But um, but we bought that mango pre-made and then we had the whole like we had just the little bit of boiling of the platanos that we didn't have time to finish. And then we had it all. But I'm glad that it looked like the whole. But we know the process. All the you know, we know how to make our mango on the set of Pineapple Diaries just to let you know. And that's the thing <laughs> for Dominican community is immediately like, oh, you're doing mango. For Latino people who know what mango is, it's like, mm, I now I want it. Ah, now I'm craving yeah. mango. For people who may not have an idea what is that, that's a perfect opportunity to start mm. sharing and educating our communities about one of so many dishes of Latino cuisine. Mm -hmm. So many. And sometimes it's just to talk about platanos as possibly one of the most important ingredients for all Caribbean cuisine. When you talk about corn for many of the countries in Central mm -hmm. and North America, and all the food that moves around just this basic ingredient. But being able to appreciate that as, yes, this is part of the everyday routine mm -hmm. in, in Latino families. And then it comes the conflict. Let's have brunch. Let's have mimosas. And I have, and I also want to have pancakes because, yes, having the tradition with the cravings of everybody's in our current environment is part of life. It's part of what sometimes we, we take for granted and we don't take the time to appreciate. And those are the funny, difficult moments and times we have every day. Oh, for sure. I'm, I mean, What a wonderful reflection of that episode, because it is just that way. I mean, if I was to think about, like, how was I going to make this show happen and how was I going to tell universal stories with 
Dominican-American cast and all the while celebrate being Dominican without being too niche. It's like all these questions I ask in my head, it's like, why even think about it? Just be, like we just are, this is the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's where I kind of started from. I was like, I'm not gonna try to make a show. I'm not gonna try to make a Dominican-American show that tells universal stories and celebrates Dominicanidad. I'm not gonna try because it already it already is. It comes natural to me, and it comes natural to those in the cast and those um, on the crew, and those who who we are hoping to reach. Although we're hoping we want to reach everybody, because, like I said, you know, Seinfeld has reached us all. You know, what I mean, in, in a sense, whether we want to discuss the issues of diversity within that show, that they you know barely had people of color on that show. People of color, kind of, we're so used to always sitting down and putting ourselves in the shoes of white people as we watch television, you know, or, or watch a movie. It's just, we're already programmed that way. When we see a superhero movie, we already know, like, most of these people are gonna be white, or, you know, so that, that's what makes something like Black Panther so incredibly special, because it is a superhero movie that is universal, and it is for everyone, but it also celebrates being black. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with celebrating being Latino, celebrating being Dominican, and all the while reaching large communities with our universal stories. And so that's why I was like, I, I, when I did the show, I didn't want to just mute the Dominican-ness of us down, like, oh, let me mute it down so that people don't get scared. No, we are what we are, and this is the truth. Like, we really are, you know, boiling our platanos in the morning, and we're making our coffee out of a greca. And at the same time, we are listening to This American Life and our NPRs, and we're having eating our pancakes, and we're dealing with our dual cultures, our, our being exactly that Dominican-American, and all that that encompasses that just is what we are. And so to me, it didn't feel like I had to work that hard to find that truth because it's a truth that I live and it's a truth that I see within my friends and my family. And all I needed to do was draw from that truth and hopefully connect with people because of that. So, you know, I, I think it's so wonderful that you, that even just seeing the mangu being made in the process, that that felt like something that you could connect with because I think that it's something that I connect with and I think everyone else would connect with, you know? And mango's like kind of an easy recipe to make, you know? It's like, it's nice to see it. I, I, I like, I just like mango. <laughs> Who doesn't? It's so good. I feel like when's the last time I've had mango? I need to get on that. I need to get on that. And that's another aspect of being, well, no, it's not fair to say just for being Latino, we all connect to food. I think for everybody. Everything connects with food. Mm -hmm. When we can utilize food and a very distinctive type of dish to make that statement and at the same time make it, make it appealing for everybody who, who sees it, mm -hmm. to feel like, I want that or I want to know what is that, mm -hmm. I think that that is a successful way to make the, the story compelling. Again, I, I don't know if I even thought about it when we, when we did that scene, it just in my head, it was just sort of like, here's a woman who wanted to make her breakfast at home, you know, but who is this woman? She's, her name is Maite, and she likes mangu, you know what I mean? Very similar to me. <laughs> um, and it just so happened that her friends wanted to do something else that day. It's like, that's just really the story. But the details of that story come from a truthful place based on her background and the background of, you know, me as well as a writer and, and all of those things just all coming together. How is it for you the experience of writing the stories and then making 
the video series. <laughs> that that translation from the paper to a whole production. Well, let me tell you, it's 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 emotional. You know, I've always just when I started um, writing uh, dramatic writing, when I started writing for stage, that was what drew me. It was like just this. It was so amazing to be able to feel like you could imagine something in your head and then see it come to life, and not necessarily exactly like you imagined it, but have it be a collaboration with actors and with other um, artists that are working on the piece because it's it's not writing is a very lonely task but when you're writing for performance it's it's not so lonely in the end which is such a beautiful thing because you know when you're writing a, a script whatever you're writing a web series script uh, that's fine you wrote it you're probably alone in your room or you went to a cafe you finished it you printed it out but then you're handing it off to the actors and they're interpreting it and they're bringing it to life but they're they're breathing life into it and and interpreting it and, and bringing their own flavor. And so that portion of it is so, oh, it, I, I can't even describe it. It's, it's, it's the thing that makes me feel like I never want to stop doing this because it's just so, it's just amazing. It's just amazing to see something that you kind of imagine come to life, but then interpreted by other artists that are just, especially to be able to work with such amazing artists like I have with the series. But on the other hand, also, it's, it's a little stressful kind of like doing everything um, on the show. And so I'm hoping for the in the future, if we continue to do the Pineapple Diaries, um, to be able to have like a writing group and, and be able to collaborate with other directors so that it's not necessarily my writing and my eye as a director, but also just as a, as a creator, I can have a team of writers that also are interpreting the characters and stories that the, these characters might be telling and then other directors utilizing their eyes to tell that story their way, you know, like real television shows do. You know, there's not, usually there's not just one director and one writer for an entire season of a show. There are many directors and I think that's like so cool. And I really can't wait to be able to do that myself with this show or with any other show. So it's it's a little it's it's stressful to feel like that kind of pressure to kind of bring to 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 direct and produce every single episode. But I don't necessarily see that being the case in the future, but I kind of do think that when you have a low budget web series and you've got a group of amazingly generous, talented friends, I hope you guys are listening, um, who are collaborating with you on this show, you need to make it happen. Like, you know, you can't, you gotta do it scared. You're, you're terrified and you're exhausted and you just gotta do it. You gotta make it happen because, you know, life is short and all the other stuff might come later, but if you have, people to collaborate with, you have an idea, and you have the passion to do it, do it. And that's that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> One thing is for sure, Paloma, you are an inspiration for women, an inspiration for uh, the Latino community. And I'm thinking a lot about the youth that I get to work with every day with the Media Literacy Program that is in a way, the reason for Radio Plasma to exist. Mm -hmm. And thinking about how much of the work you are doing right now, presenting a web series that is comedy, an opportunity for entertainment, but at the same time for education, for feeling proud of your heritage, your roots, your culture, or to learn about the culture that is around your communities. I feel this is a powerful tool to encourage 
everybody in the communities that are being presented in your series to embrace it, to learn from it. Mm -hmm. And I feel you are not just doing a web series. You are creating a really powerful educational tool. Oh, wow. Well, first of all, thank you so much for your sweet words, but I would just like to say that you are an inspiration. I mean, you are here, like, on the ground floor with the communities of, of you know, the future generations and the, the youth that are going to become adults that are now creating uh, content and, and telling their stories. I mean, you are an inspiration, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> um, and... I think that that's the thing that I've really grown from learning about, you know, what I've learned coming out of doing these writing workshops. You know, I've been touring this Pineapple Diaries monologue writing workshop because within the series, every other episode is an interlude monologue in which the characters get to get more intimate with the audience and tell a story about you know, their past relationships or tell a story about their family, where they come from, tell a story about the Dominican Republic, you know, that kind of connection where we're not just seeing the everyday situational comedy, but actually getting to know these characters on an intimate level. So I took kind of the idea of showcasing those monologues and workshopping, you know, my approach to writing a monologue with different people in my community here in Massachusetts. And, you know, I firmly believe that everybody is a writer. I, I kind of, I believe that writing comes with, writing and storytelling comes with our natural nature, just like laughing and crying. It's all, no one is better at it than anybody else. I don't believe that. I'm a writer because I, I, I choose to be a writer as a profession, but I believe everyone is a writer. Everyone is a writer and everybody has a story to tell. Even if you don't want to sit and write your story, you have a story to tell and everyone tells stories. And it's been so, oh, I mean, it's been inspirational for me to hear the stories that have come out of this workshop and people sharing their stories. And, and of course, like monologue writing and, and this kind of dramatic writing is fiction. But, you know, the where they're coming from when they're telling these stories and, and sharing their cultures. I mean, we've had different themes in every workshop. You know, we've talked about gentrification. We've talked about dual cultures. And it's been inspirational for me. And just to be able to kind of like, I don't know, connect the stories that have been told in the Pineapple Diaries, but with, but then with stories, real stories from the community has been, oh, it's been a real blessing to be a part of it. And that workshop is going to take place here in Holyoke which is basically the reason for this new connection and this Yay. new bridge building up between Boston and Holyoke. Yay! So you can help people who are interested in putting that skill and that talent for writing with your guidance. Yeah, and the workshop is not just for writers, you know. I, I encourage, you know, writers and non-writers alike to come to the workshop. And it's a free writing workshop. You don't have to come with anything prepared already or anything like that. You just come and sort of hopefully enjoy enjoy the night. I don't ever want it to feel too much like a class either or make anyone feel pressure. It's like kind of like, you know, a safe space for people to sort of enjoy free writing. And I just encourage people who are semi-interested in writing and maybe not interested in writing at all to even come to this workshop. Because even if you're not interested in writing, you'll, I think that you'll, you'll still enjoy even hearing other people's writing, you know? And I, I just encourage everyone to come <laughs> from all different walks of life and backgrounds and age groups and 
this workshop is for everybody. <laughs> and this workshop is happening on Thursday, October 11th at Gateway City Arts. Yay! At 7 o'clock. At 7 p.m. So, like you said, Paloma, pretty much everybody is welcome mm -hmm. to participate. Absolutely. And if even, I, like I said to you earlier before we started, that, you know, if you're a parent and you want to bring your kids, feel free. But I also would like everyone to know that it is a space where people can talk about talk about what they want to talk about. So just be wary of that. But I've, I've had some kids with their parents even at the workshop and they've enjoyed themselves as well. Um, just It's just a safe space in general for, for everyone to come and feel comfortable to tell their story and maybe, um, you know, step outside the box a little bit. Do a little something that might, you know, scare you a little bit. Tell either where it be writing or, or sharing your story. I encourage people to do it because especially in a, in a space where it's going to be supportive. It's going to be supportive. <laughs> and also thinking about how many, how many of us, we have wrote something at some point. Mm -hmm. Some may continue doing that in a more like uh, a habit. Others, every now and then, whenever something needs to be put out. And maybe not necessarily forgotten, but put outside in a place that is there mm -hmm. you know is there that moment that story it exists mm -hmm. sometimes when we are able to utilize all this material to share to tell our story and when i say sharing i'm thinking about even with ourselves not necessarily that you have to share this story with the world mm -hmm. just for you to listen maybe as a time capsule five years from now mm -hmm. maybe as a reminder of where are you coming from what are the struggles that you had to deal with? And at this point, you are you. Are you. Oh, yeah. and, and, and those reminders sometimes are needed. Mm -hmm. So being able to learn or feel comfortable doing this type of writing and creating this type of material, even if it is for personal gain. Oh, yeah. I feel this is a really beautiful experience to have. Oh, I definitely, I definitely think so. And, you know, everyone who comes to my workshop might have their different reasons for it. Maybe they're really interested in becoming sc uh, screenwriters or, or playwrights, and they're interested in, in just diving into it this way through monologues first, or have already taken so many different workshops and it's just another one they want to do. Or some people come and it's kind of like for them like a you know, like the sip and paint kind of events where, you know, you just want to have some, you just want to do something different a Thursday night and do something kind of creative. And so whatever your reasons are, you know, whatever they are for yourself, I definitely encourage everyone to come and try it. And for sure, I think writing in any capacity, whether it's poetry or short story writing, or in this case, monologue writing, or in other cases, creating or workshopping an entire script, I think there's something, especially if you enjoy it, something therapeutic about it. And if you haven't tried it before, then you might really find something therapeutic from it. Just stepping outside the box and doing something different. So I think that there are many different reasons to, to come to the workshop. So hopefully, hopefully people come <laughs> with their own reasons. <laughs> And now you got me thinking when you were talking about having collaborations, maybe someone here in Holyoke may be able to be 
part of that creative crew for more of the pineapple diaries oh yeah oh my gosh i was and i was also kind of starting to tell you before we started recording that um you know having done this monologue writing workshops all throughout massachusetts i, I did it in, in new york as well i've done it in lawrence i did it in lynn and so and it's been kind of a way for me to also explore different parts of massachusetts that i haven't that maybe i passed through but i haven't really explored which you know i, I was like oh i feel bad about that but you know what i bet you there's a lot of us that haven't really explored all of the towns and all the pockets and all the wonderful neighborhoods in the state of Massachusetts as we should. Um, but it certainly inspired me um, to even take the show to those neighborhoods, like have the characters go there or have some sort of exchange with, oh, I've met so many amazing people doing this workshop. And um, so, yeah, I definitely think people in Holyoke should consider it. Um, and I would definitely consider filming something here. Si Dios quiere. What will be some of your long-term goals that you have as a writer or as a creative or in any other field that may have not mentioned yet? Oh my goodness, you're getting deep, Johan. <laughs> These questions are hard to answer, just like um, I think like when you ask someone what their favorite movie is, it's like so hard to answer that question. Um, you know. My long-term goals have certainly changed since when I was younger. I feel like when I was younger, I had an idea of what my life was going to look like at 21 or what my life was going to look like at 25, you know. And the older I get, the more I realize, like, I want to look into the future, but I also want to really appreciate the present. I don't want the present to pass me by. I feel like I'm right now feeling very grateful for all the opportunities that I've had this year and up to this point in my life, all the people I've collaborated with, um, all the art that I've seen, all the writing I've been able to do, and all the kind of ideas that I have for the future. I feel really grateful for right now. So I feel like I like to note that, for myself at least, to appreciate it, because I know that The reason for it, a lot of it, is because of the support of my family and friends around me and being able to have opportunities to collaborate with incredibly talented people. You know, I feel, you know, unworthy and grateful and, and, and so that's how I feel right now. And for the long term, I kind of just feel like I want to continue to collaborate with other artists. I want to continue to explore. I want to continue to travel and I would love to You know, I could say a short term is I would love to create a third season of Pineapple just for the viewers and just for us, sort of like a special edition season for, for just those who enjoy the show. Um, and then for long term, honestly, like Si Dios quiere, I would, love to, I would love to develop this show for television or for a network. You know, if we're talking about big dreams, those, that's definitely a big dream of mine. I'm, I also would love to write and direct my own film uh, in the Dominican Republic, which is a big, has been a big dream of mine for sure. Um, so those are the big goals. And at the same time, As I go for those goals, I also hope that I continue to remember to be grateful for the present and everything that's happening in the now. You know, even just sitting here with you and, and being able to have the opportunity to to collaborate with Gateway City Arts and those things I'm very grateful for. So kind of like try to have a balance of, of both of those things. <laughs> the big dreams and the present. What a powerful lesson here. And a reminder for many of us that sometimes we forget being present in the present. I mean, yeah, we, we do. I do, too, <laughs> for sure. 
One thing is for sure, Paloma, this conversation is not only one episode for Radio Plasma, now it's also going to become part of the curriculum for Emilia Leosi oh. class. You have shared today so many things that I know are going to be so valuable for our youth to listen from, from you, because it's a young voice of experience who is doing what, what you love, what is your passion. And that's sometimes the type of inspiration that many of our kids need to hear that it is possible, not as, yeah, I'm telling you that because it's just the, the stereotype about, yeah, follow your dreams, you can, you can be whatever you want. For real, you can be whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, and of course, sure. it takes work, it takes mm -hmm. dedication, it takes commitment, and it takes learning, making mistakes, failing, and learning from that. But sometimes we need to hear it in ways that connect with you from someone who you can feel, yeah, I see myself in you. Hmm. Well, I mean, I I only can say that I I'm learning every day as well. To, you know, to try to I'm learning every day from everyone around me, and and I do think that kind of like as the years go by, you start to you start you hopefully open your eyes to seeing like where the balance can come from, like in terms of. And you know, you you do always remember what was your former self like. What were you know? Where was my mind at in high school? And and I think that for sure, someone down the line had made me feel like I could give this a go. And for sure, my family is included in that. My parents for supporting me. You know, those things really really count. But also. In addition to that, I think I had lots of um, teachers and mentors that somehow made me feel like I could give this a try. And and even at my hardest points, uh, being a freelance artist is not easy. And it's it's really important. I think for me, I kind of think about what is it that I would have wanted to hear as a as a teenager when trying to be an actress or a writer or a director, or whatever. And I don't want to hear all of this like you don't know what the real world is like. It's harder than you think. I don't want to hear all of that. Mm -hmm. But there has to be a balance of like. Of, of knowing that like you know you really are you really can go for it and you really can make it happen and life is never an uphill it's always up and down and if you're okay with expecting that then you can make it work I, I mean to me I have no answers at all I just I'm going through it myself <laughs> so just sort of sharing that um, in the process <laughs> in the process This is our conversation with Paloma Valenzuela, creator of the Pineapple Diaries and the workshop that she's going to be offering at Gateway City Arts is on Thursday, October 11th at 7 p.m. How can people get to enjoy of the Pineapple Diaries? Oh, well, it's available online. <laughs> it's available right now on YouTube, the first and second season. I think if you really just type in the Pineapple Diaries in the search, you'll find it, but also you can type in youtube.com slash la gringa loca um, that's my production operation and you'll find the gringa loca channel and then you'll find the you know season one season two playlist there and i hope you enjoy and if you do watch do comment um, and and let us know what you think because we love to hear from people that view it <laughs> Anything that may have not asked you that you would like to say? <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. <laughs> Interviews always make me nervous. I don't want to ever say the wrong thing. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I just would like to just say thank you so much for having me. And, and thank you to Holyoke, Massachusetts for having me. I'm really excited. Thank you to Gateway City Arts. I'm just excited to, to come back here next week. And I'm excited to explore a little bit of the, 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 
the area today as well. And I hope that whoever can make it, whoever is interested, can join me next Thursday at 7. Paloma Valenzuela is so full of positive energy. You radiate <laughs> no. that brightness. I feel now, I, I, now I understand better why the colors in the pineapple diaries oh. are so bright. Because it's the reflection of you. Oh, I feel the same way about you. You exude positivity, honestly. It's, it's been such a nice like conversation with you. <laughs> I really want to thank you for, for bringing your work over here to share what you are doing in Boston with us here in Holyoke. And I'm confident that this is going to build up to create possible collaborations. I would love for that to happen so that way we can keep building more about this. This type of community engagement doesn't need to be isolated in those small pockets like you were mentioning. They exist and yes. Each one has its own situations and its own issues to mm -hmm. deal with and to talk locally. But at the same time, when you mentioned to celebrate our differences and also celebrate what we have in common, mm -hmm. I feel this is what we have to do to make those connections and that distance, that two hours drive from Boston to Holyoke, to make it feel like a five minutes. Mm -hmm. Because all the conversation and all the things that we can create in the way back and forth, so that way we can feel that close and being closer. Oh, for sure. I would. I mean, I would love that, and I would love to continue to to collaborate and, and come back to Holyoke for sure. So I love that idea. <laughs> well, so now you know all this information uh, about the Pineapple Diaries, and of course the workshop with Paloma at Gateway City Arts is available in the posting of this session on RadioPlasma.com. Paloma, muchas gracias. Gracias a usted. <laughs> Un placer. And this is a beautiful experience today. As part of the celebration of the National Hispanic Heritage Month during September 15th until October 15th. But of course, dates, who's counting? We celebrate yeah, this every all day. day. All day, every day. <laughs> Thank you so much, Paloma. Thank you. And this session of Radio Plasma has been recorded as usual here in the Plasma Media Lab in the Gandhara Youth Development Center in Holyoke, Mass. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashi Vega. Thank you for listening.